Kentucky Town celebrated three championships in seven years, and rarely has someone so tough played so pivotal a part. McCarty draws, McCarty in, McCarty scores! A magnificent goal! Down McCarty! Show that play. Larry Arno, shaking at the ball. I love you, but you're a mess. I, I am a mess. I'm a work in progress, I guess you could say. Work in progress. Absolutely. But this work in progress is coming to you on this Wednesday, September 25th. Yes, 944. I know it's a little late for grind time with Darren McCarty on this Wednesday night, but it is Wednesday. And guess what, guys? We're on remote. At the 925 Social Legacy Club in Oxford, Michigan. Thank you, everybody, for having us here. We got a live audience. How's everybody doing out there? Not only that, uh, obviously, grind time with Darren McCarty. Even when we are on the road, we are still brought to you by Radio 41 Studios. Yes. And even, oh, it must be a big event because even mm, Mike Walters from the Detroit cast, uh, one half of the Detroit cast, uh, you can catch on. Radio for One, uh, radio, uh, anywhere you can catch podcasts, uh, Sunday to Thursday. Uh, Michael, thank you for being here. Thanks as always. Of course, that's, man, of course. That's the nicest thing I'm going to say to you. But you have volunteered that later on. We're going to do some audience participation. So yep. you'll be in charge of that. Um, the idea that, and sooner than later, I'll try to get to it. How many, what are you on right now? Cocktails? Yeah. Two. Okay. I got work to do. Yeah, I know you do. Mike, you, you want to grab him that he's, chair? He's a little Mac. bit longer. Mac, you need that chair to be on for the camera. Oh, for the camera? Yep, please. All right. What so, do you need? Continue. That chair. Yeah, that chair. Yeah, which, which by the way, yeah, of course, grind time with Darren McCarty, nothing about me. <laughs> oh, I make sure it's all about you, Mac. That's why I'm here. Yeah, so. Man. All right. Yeah, I guess you're right, Perry. Perry's right again. That was Perry I mean, Bellucci, my, my co-host. My co-host, Perry, how are you? Down. Good. I'm doing great, man. What do you mean the mic down? I'm, I'm just looking at angles. That's my job here. To, Is that better? Uh, we'll see well, here. I'll tell you in a second. Yeah. No, that's good. Very good. Well, oh, well we everyone can, we, can see we, your pretty face And now. we can hear you. We can always hear you. Jesus. Yeah, that's not a problem. Now, can I get back to the introductions? Yes, Obviously, get back to it. for one studios, I already gave it a little freaking side handy to the Detroit cast. What about our buddy Jay Chris Newberg with Heroin has a new publicist. Funny stuff every day. You can catch him. Um, obviously, uh, to my right, um, my producer engineer, Mike McCool, making everything McCool. Thanks for uh, the setup. And uh, pleasure, our, the most valuable person in the Radio for One Studios uh, catalog, um, if I'm the most valuable in front of the camera... Right? Travis Bully uh, uh, out there. Trav, thanks for everything you do making this go so we can bring this to you live. Hi, everyone. Yes, thank you. So we're able to be live, and let me introduce. uh, I'm excited because, uh, you know, this guy's fresh out of the game. He's a local guy. He's also, guys, a Super Bowl champion. But he's got a little bit of insight because he played here with our Detroit Lions. You may know him from the great 
unbelievable YouTube specials talking with TJ or going nuts with TJ, which, uh, oh, man, it is so good. Uh, give it up for former offensive lineman, Mr. TJ Lang. Brother Rice yeah. Lang. Yeah. Right. EMU, Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan. Finished now, it up at home in Detroit, man. And and isn't let's start there. Talk about yeah. the career path. Obviously, growing up. Uh, tell everybody uh, here, grad time with Darren McCarty, listening at home a little bit. Uh, you know where where you grew up, where you played high school, and a little bit of your path and how special it was for you to be able to play for your hometown. Yeah, no doubt. I grew up in Ferndale, uh, Blue Collar. Fabulous, Palace, fabulous, you know, fabulous Nine man. Nine in Woodward. Um, you know, come from uh, just hard-working family. You know, my dad worked for the city of Ferndale for 30 years, kind of taught me the, you know, just instilled that kind of hard work. Um, from there, kind of sp- bounced around the area a little bit, went to Lakeland High School, which isn't too far from up here, you know, White Lake. Ended up at Brother Rice, uh, played for the great Al Fracasa, you know, so high we school always a football legend. Player? We always- I, w- I was a football player, honestly, uh, hockey was my first love, though. I think we talked about this yeah, when we, well, we, we were have, training camp, you know. You, you and I um, have. Yeah, um, it was hockey and baseball were my loves. Um, you know, it just turned out I, I couldn't, you know, hockey's an expensive sport, man. I couldn't ever talk my parents into letting me play. I played a lot of roller hockey growing up, but uh, baseball then kind of came my sport. And then, and then football, once I got to Brother Rice, um, I was kind of a small kid. I was like six well, not small kid, but I was six one, about two twenty, which it's not a big, it's not a big old lineman, you know. So I kind of wait, wait, that's your is that ninth grade? This this was uh, my sophomore year. Oh, I'm sorry, tenth so, grade for all you Canadians at right, home. Yeah. great time. Wait, so you're only six one, two twenty, which, by the way, is the NHL playing weight that I probably. Played at. I should have specified small for like football Thank alignment. You. Small what I was for doing, being but you at the time, <laughs> yeah, you were you were recovering from your parents not allowing you to be a hockey player. Yeah, I was still kind of still about trying that. to be a baseball player. Yeah, and you're like me. You're like me. You sort of not fell into football, but you got some great coaching. For me, I was always baseball, but the difference is, um, I could I realized I couldn't hit a curveball. I could hit a fastball. I couldn't yeah. hit a curveball. I was better at punching people. So, so you thought you were better manhandling people? I, you know what? It was honestly, I was pissed at the time, but it was a blessing in disguise for me because when I transferred to Brother Rice, I had to sit out spring semester of sports, which meant baseball. And I was pissed about it because baseball was my sport. Right. Um, I hit a growth spurt right around that time, got up to about 6'4", came back my junior year, and just could not throw a baseball anymore. It was just like, what the fuck? So like, expl- what? explain you know, It was that. just, I, I don't know what it was. I mean, I, I think I just missed a crucial year of development uh, when it came to seeing 60-mile-an-hour pitches to 85-mile-an-hour pitches. I was just standing in the batter's box just like, what the fuck? Like, it, was, like it wasn't you, this fast you before. You skipped. It was, it yeah, was, it was, it was like just you crazy. You went from kindergarten to eighth to, grade. To just com- like, yeah, it was nuts. And, algebra what? And... Um, I just kind of knew after the three days of tryouts, I didn't even, you know, I didn't even wait to talk to the coach. I was like, listen, I, I can't do it anymore. I'm not stupid. Uh, just kind of focused on football from there. And it was, like I said, it was a blessing in disguise because obviously I, I think I really would have tried to stick with baseball and try to put my entire heart and soul into that route. And when that was, you know, taken away from me, it went to football and turned out to be a fucking blessing, man. When you know? did you realize you loved football? Uh, my, my, probably my senior year of high school. I think I, I was never a bit, I was always a big kid, but I, I wasn't very physical. Um, 
I think my senior year, I kind of noticed that I was starting to really kind of manhandle guys, and the game started becoming easy for me. Were you playing line? Uh, yeah, time? I was playing O line and D line, and I, I was actually I went to Eastern Michigan as a defensive end. I got to Eastern Michigan, and I started getting my ass kicked by these college guys on the defensive side of the ball. So moved back over to offense, just kind of eh, was able to just kind of fit into what I did better, you know, as an athlete. Um, and that's that's really kind of what I, I never thought about the NFL ever until I got to my senior year at Eastern uh, when my coach was telling me there were some agents involved and asking about my name. And I was like, holy shit, like this actually might work out. You know, I, I was a criminal justice major. I'm like, well, what were you playing? <laughs> like what were so if you weren't even thinking about that, you obviously so you, you graduate Brother Rice, you get yeah. you signed to Eastern as yeah. a defensive player. So did you get a scholarship? Eastern? Um, I did, and that was my only scholarship. I was going to say, did any, how many yeah. how many schools? Did that you have any the, other schools that, looking at you? You know, that was my only Division One offer. Uh, Grand Valley came in early in the process, and I was I kind of fell in love with that because I just fell in love with the idea of playing college football. Right. Uh, Eastern came along. A couple other schools came along and wanted me to walk on, but I'm like, I, you know, I can't pass up a, a full ride scholarship to a Division One school. So, uh, what ended up being Eastern Michigan was my only choice, and. You know, I but, had no regrets about it. We didn't win many games there, unfortunately. They turned it around now, though. I don't know if you noticed. I mean, they've beaten three three Big Ten teams three well, years how row, how, Well, how does that how does that feel as an alma mater for a team that really isn't known at, for the football program and and things like that? Like to be able to watch them now since you've been because you, you you still pay attention to them, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I watch most of their games. Most of them are on, you know, ESPN. You know, plus you got to watch on the computer, but. You know, I watched the game a couple weeks ago. They beat Illinois. Last last year they beat Purdue. The year before that they beat Rutgers. They they had never beaten a Big Ten, a Power Five opponent until three years ago. Now they've done it three years in a row. So there was once a time, four or five years ago, that was the toughest job in America. I mean, you get 2,000 fans at the game. Everybody, everybody on campus is talking about canceling football because it's just a huge expense. And you see where they've come now. I mean, it's just awesome to kind of be a part of that. And I, I still go back there, talk to them a lot, and kind of hang out at the games and uh, donated some of my time and money to kind of give them some better resources. And that's what they need. They, 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 it's just a team that they need to see people believing in, them, believing in them. And, you know, three years later, here we are sitting, you know, at the top of the conference. You would have never thought that, you know, five years ago. It was always the dumpster. Do you want to talk about how great a weekend you had for all your alma maters last weekend? It was off, you know, I still, I, I still root for every team I played for. So Brother Rice is off to a 4-0 start. Uh, Eastern Michigan's off to a 3-1 start. Uh, well, I might want to whisper this one, but, yeah, you know, Green know Bay Packers are off to a 3-0 we'll start. I mean, no, you, get, <laughs> you know, the Lions obviously are 2-0-1. Should be, should be 3-0. So you um, were 4-0 last week. It was 4-0 last week, and it was a good weekend. Now the thing is, wait, the more important, did he bet those games? Do you bet football? Um, I do a little bit. I too mean, nothing crazy. Too bad but you didn't feel that vibe that the things were coming down, right? You know what? I, I don't know if you watch, if you, you're on social media a lot, but the last, like, couple days ago there was some guy who put – a dollar on like a 20 team parlay and it would have paid like 500 grand and all he needed was Washington to beat Chicago and on Monday night he would have hit it oh, <laughs> so he right. lost by one <laughs> that's kind of what I'm into I like oh, taking a chance oh, okay. put a dollar here or there yeah, play yeah, 20 yeah. teams and see what happens if you notice the food that came here from the delicious we're broadcasting live tonight uh grind time with Darren McCarty from the 925 social legacy but that was the business uh, development uh guy Nick Antonucci uh, you can any questions you want 
you can call or email him. Please flood him with stuff. Nick at DarrenMcCarty.com. As you know, DarrenMcCarty.com, you can find everything you sort of need. So back, like, my, my question was, so you were going in to study criminology, and you what, yeah. you got, what did you want to be? I, I don't really know, kind oh, of thinking back on it. I mean, I, I still, if football didn't work out, I probably still would have had a year and a half left of school uh, to kind of figure it out. All I knew was uh, I was always into the, you know, detective shows, and, you know, I had a lot of family in, in law enforcement, and, I don't know which route it was going to take me. Um, so, you know, I, I still got, I'd still like to one day maybe get a, a diploma from Eastern Michigan. Unfortunately, I'm like 30 credits short right now. So, how long? So, it's going to take a long explain time. That, explain <laughs> that to a Canadian junior guy that, you know, doesn't have a, you know, it's about a year I, I and a half of college. Year and a half of college. Well, yeah. well, you never know. Southern New Hampshire University, they always preach that yeah. talent's distributed evenly, but opportunity isn't. There you go. You just, you know, <laughs> see a lot that's of those sort ads. of. No, I got it. That's not even a sponsor, but I. I it's a I, great speech, though, isn't no, it? No, but I love. Doesn't that make sense? Because it's just what you said about yeah. Easter. It's given the opportunity to get better. And yeah. I, I say it, I'm not here to argue. I, I want the what do you mean by that? So I'll yeah. answer what do you mean by that all day long. So then, so your coach says, you know, you got some scouts. Yeah. And, and you said it's sort of like, because for me and for most people trying to attain to the next level, mm-hmm. right, it's sort of that's sort of your goal. You're trying to impress. You're trying yeah. to, and you're just going about it, playing, working hard, yeah. doing those things. Did it change your focus or did it change maybe your self-image? Um, yeah, I think it did. I, I think, although I never really thought of it as, as an attainable goal, I would always kind of look at myself, and I'd watch the film, and I'd be like, you know what, we just played Michigan, and they've got a first-round DN, and I just kicked his ass. And I'm like, so, so that I'm like shit, you know, I, I feel like maybe I could do this. I don't know if it's a possibility. I mean, not that many guys come out of Eastern Michigan to go play in the pros. You know, the last guy before me was uh, Charlie Batch, which was like 1996. So I'm like, yeah, you they know, if it works Super out. Bowl winners, they do, man. <laughs> Charlie Bass. I got a couple on his finger, but um, yeah, it did. And, and ultimately, I had to make a choice, uh, which was a pretty, pretty easy choice when you think about it. Football is basically right after your senior year. You know, ours ended in November. We didn't go to a bowl game. A lot of them end in, you know, January after the bowls, but you pretty much go right away. You ship off, you go train, you get ready for the combine, you know, the big show. You get ready for your pro days where everybody's testing you and, Draft comes around, and, and, and as you go through kind of week by week, uh, your agent is kind of gauging, you know, out teams and trying to feel out. Uh, we're interested in him as maybe a free agent, maybe a third, fourth round guy. And uh, the more I kept training and the more I, I played in a couple all-star games, I just kept hearing it went from, you know, undrafted free agent to maybe seventh round to maybe sixth round to maybe even third or fourth round. And I was like, wow, this is possible. Motivation, you know, this, right? This is right possible. And, it ended up coming where, uh, you know, I got drafted in the fourth round, and uh, I was just, it was such, it was Tell such me about an, that feel. it was just amazing. I mean, I remember watching the draft. Uh, so back before, like years ago, ten years ago, when I got drafted, was they do the first round on Friday night, you know, Saturday they do the second, third round, and then Sunday they do fourth through the sixth, or fourth through the seventh. And uh, my agent got a call, and he's like, "We're thinking about taking him in the third round." So I'm like. Shit, I didn't really have a party ready for Saturday, but let's get some people together. Ended up didn't didn't get drafted in the third round, but next day the draft started at like 11 a.m. So it was a and, night uh, party. 
It was a night party, but we, yeah, it was a carryover. So we had everybody kind of regroup together on Sunday because, you know, I, I pretty much at that point knew I was going to get drafted. Right. Um, had all the family there, you know, a bunch of friends. And I ended up being like the ninth pick of the day, which was like at 1130. So we just started drinking and going nuts at <laughs> 11.30 on a Sunday, on a Sunday. morning, <laughs> just going crazy. But just uh, it's everything you can think of. I mean, you're watching the TV, right? And in my mind, I kind of had three or four teams where I'm like, okay, I want to see where they're drafting because I think they like me the best. Uh, the one thing that just kept sticking out, though, was when's Green Bay drafting? I feel like, I feel like there's just something about them. My visits went really good. They, they love me. Let's see when they draft. And it ended up coming – I saw, saw their, you know, they were five minutes left to draft. I got a phone call from a 920 number, and I'm like, holy shit. That's what it is. So yeah. you're waiting on your phone, and you yeah. see that, and it's that moment, right? It's because that my, moment. Mo- my yeah. moment was in Montreal Forum. I got drafted second round 46 overall. but And, and it was sort of like uh, Detroit's first pick at the end of the first round. I thought it could have been me, and then Ottawa beginning. But when I heard 72 born. Right winger Belleville, you know what I mean? Like the yeah. the, um, it's the insides, the you know the hair standing up yeah. all through your body. It was the most exhilarating, and then to hear that stuff, it was like oh, I, I remember it was like oh my god, it, it yeah. was like is this surreal? It's incredible, yeah. And I remember I was I took the phone call, and I went outside. You know, we were at this place. We were at the Elks in Ferndale, and we were out on the uh, up up you know upper floor. And I went outside on the patio to take the call. And my dad was just, you know, right at the door, just, you know, mouthing to me kind of, who is it, who is it, who is it, who is it? And I'm kind of waving him off. And uh, he could tell, you know, I, I ended up hanging up my phone because Green Bay, they were like, you know, I talked to a bunch of the coaches, the GM, everybody. The owner, you know, they don't have an owner but the president. And they basically said, we're, we're going to put the pick in, go and announce it and enjoy it with your family. And I went inside and you see it on the big, you know, the big screen. And uh, it was just amazing. I remember the whole place erupting. You know, I remember my little brothers crying. You know, they were like eight, nine at the time. I remember yeah, but that's it was huge. just incredible, man. And it was honestly kind of a blur in, in the moment. But when you look back on it, it's uh, it's it's almost like the ultimate validation that you, you, you kind of yeah, all, all that hard work paid in, man. It paid off, and you know, you still got to go in and you still got to perform and earn a paycheck. But at that moment, it was just it was the biggest accomplishment of my life well let's let's break it down a little bit more too obviously you're saying about green bay because of the visits and that if i'm talking here in detroit right now and i the big thing that i preach you know when it comes to steve eiserman and the red wings right Mm -hmm. um it's culture yeah right and and that's the thing when i think green bay exudes is culture can you talk about let's talk about your first impressions because as a kid, undrafted, but going there with the meetings. What was your first impression? Because this is, did you go to Lambo or did you? Where do you meet? How does that work? Yeah, you're talking about, like before the draft. Yeah, before the yeah, draft. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't go to the combine, which I was super pissed about. Um, was that an agent move or something? No, it's just you know the teams kind of vote on it, and everybody's got to represent, you know, representative that kind of votes, and they put in 250 guys and. Uh, I was pretty pissed about it because I felt like I was very athletic, you know, for my for my size. I was gonna, that and was a question I was going to ask you. Did your combine help you? Because yeah. I would think if you went to the fourth round, it would have. It would have helped you. Do you think you would have gone even higher? Oh yeah, it would have definitely because. But you wouldn't have gone to Green Bay. Uh, probably not. Right. So, probably not. So uh, so it's a, probably a blessing in disguise. I, again, yeah. here at Grind Time with Darren McCarty, I'm going to give you the T.J. Lang teaching moment of the day. Sometimes what you 
think you want isn't what you need. And if you, the way that it plays itself out, you know, worked out. It's, so, yeah, perfectly so, said. So, yeah. so talk about first impressions because you're going there for an interview and this yeah. is a Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. You're a football player. You're, I mean, you're a lineman. Yeah. This is the frozen tundra, yeah. bro. Yeah. I mean, this is like, you know, I, I walk in and to, to the Red Wings. This is Steve Eisenman. This is Gordy Howe. This is Ted Lindsay. Yeah. This is, you know, Bart Starr's probably standing right there when you walked yeah. in. You know? <laughs> it was it was a perfect fit. I, I kind of felt it walking through the door, I think. So I, I didn't go to the Combine. Let me just take it back real quick. Didn't go to the Combine, but after that, whoever doesn't go to Combine, you, you get teams that kind of bring you in for interviews, and I had 12 of them. So I flew out to 12 different teams in like 15 days. I was just on a plane every single day bouncing around, went to a bunch of different places. When I got to Green Bay, I think I was like... What number was it? It was, I think it was... It was maybe the second to last, and I went right right from Chicago. So I, I took, caught a flight from Chicago. All they're talking about is, we want you here. we got to beat Green Bay's ass twice a year. I get to Green Bay. It's like, we want you here. we got to beat Chicago's ass twice a year. It's just kind of like, well, pick me then if you want me. You know, right, I, right. I don't have control yeah. over it. But right. I walked in, you know, met with the coaches. Just something felt right. It, it just felt like a, my kind of town. It felt like my kind of people. Uh, just the small town, kind of hardworking, a lot like a – northern michigan town you know where i spent a lot of time as a kid uh and it just felt right you know and i really got the sincere vibe that they really liked me and from there i kind of narrowed them down to one of the three teams that i really thought were going to pick me and when they did i was i was ecstatic man because that was the one visit where i'm like i called my agent afterwards and we talked after every visit and there's somewhere there i told him fuck this team i don't want to go here and there was somewhere i'm like I really like it here. You know, keep pushing them. Just keep trying to get them to get me because this is where I want to be. And Green Bay was at the top of my list. And, and I think that's important, you know, no matter what athletes are human beings also. So, you know, it's not like we're robots or cattle, even though we're treated like it. Yeah. Um, you know, you have preferences and you have, you know, vibes or feels. And mm-hmm. so then you, you go through all that, but then it's time to work. Yeah. So you go there in 09. Is Holmgren still there? No, McCarthy was there. McCarthy's I think McCarthy there. was in his third year. Okay. Uh, Aaron was in his, I, I think that was his second year as a starter. Brett Favre had just left the year before. Right. Okay. Uh, he, and that was Brett Favre's first year in Minnesota. All right. So it was kind of a lot of still hostile people towards Aaron because Brett Favre was just such a right. beloved guy up there. Um, so it was kind of a weird environment to go into at first. But listening to your podcast with Chris, you know, Ozzy a couple weeks ago was, one thing he talked about, too, was coming into a, a, a team with good veteran leadership. Yeah. And I, was a, you know, I wasn't a degenerate by any means. Right. But, you know, if I didn't have some of the guys I had in my offensive line room with, Chad Clifton was a 10-year pro, Mark Tauscher was a 10-year pro. I had a lot of older guys that kind of kept me in check, and they kind of showed me how to be a pro because I was young. I was 21 when I got there. I was yeah. 21. I just got a nice signing bonus. You know, Green Bay is not really a party town, no, it, but you can still find stuff to well, do. Well, you can – trust me. Trust me. You're talking – You guys, have, you guys have a bit in common here. Yeah. Yeah. You can put me anywhere and I can find what I'm looking for. Right. So, but, but speak about that as Green Bay. Do you think that's a benefit because that's sort of the way the organization is and the town set up? Because that, that's one place that I haven't been, but it's a bucket list because yeah. – the town. Now I'm going to Escanaba 
to do comedy on Saturday, and all the and I I've done it last year, whatever. And all the people that I met up there and get to know, they all have season tickets because it's an hour and a half yeah. from Green Bay. Yeah. But it's a you know I was talking earlier, it's a different vibe with those those people. So when you yeah. went in there and had this sort of like the way it is, and sort of to learn how to be yeah. a professional. But talk about you know I, I'm going to ask you because I want to know like what you know Aaron Rodgers yeah you know you know you know him not only did you protect him for for a number of years but mm-hmm. you know you know the guy is the guy what is yeah um, he reminds me and tell me if I'm wrong or not but him he's like Brett Hall right don't ask me a dumb question because I'm going to tell I'm going to look at you and I'm going to tell you like it's it's not that they're they just don't have time for st- stupidity. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's don't waste my time. Yeah. Right. But it's, but I think like a lot of the time is, is sometimes when guys are so, they can, like Eisenman's got that way of being like throwing samurai swords, you know, where you're sort of like, ah, oh man, that was to me, man. Like, like I think he's, so I guess my thing is, I think he's, is he misperceived or there's a whole bunch of different layers to him? Yeah. There's There's a a whole bunch of different. Sides them that people don't understand. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think you kind of hit it on the head. There's a lot of different layers to him. I, I think the one thing with him, and it took me honestly till probably my fourth or fifth year where I think we considered each other good friends because he, he just kind of, he's always a guy, he, he, it's hard for him to let his guard down. I mean, and, and I can't imagine being a guy like him and, and walking in his shoes and everywhere you go, people want something from you. And I think a part of that carried over with him a little bit to the teammates to an extent like it's like buddy like i just want to go grab a beer with you man i don't want anything from you you right, know right, like right, let's right. just and, and I, i'm busting my ass for you you're busting your ass for me we're brothers let's right. just go let's just go hang out let's just go party and, and i think it took us a little bit while but you know my last three or four years i was up there uh he was one of my closest friends on the team I and mean, we had conversations that it, were just so deep yeah you know it, just about all kinds of shit family stuff i mean just right. friends so stuff. That's like the bottom line is, is is as i'm sitting here is aaron Rodgers is a, a human being yeah he you is, know what i mean he's he got to feel like i think he's funny as hell he's the ultimate i mean he's the ultimate competitor i've never seen a guy like this whether it's not only football man if we're playing cards in the locker room on the plane. Oh, it's, I mean, he's, we used, he's like Joey Kosher. Yeah, we used Joey to play. Win. Always has something to prove. Yeah, we you used know? to play, you know, backgammon in the locker room, just all kind of shit. If he lost, he wouldn't talk to you for an hour. And it's like, buddy, come on, man. We're just we're not playing for money, man. You know, we're just having fun. Yeah, and, uh, but it's competition. But that rolled over to the field, and I, I got to tell you, man, the guy was, you know, one of my all-time favorite teammates, just because you knew every day, every single play. He was going to show up, and, and he wanted to win. And that's ultimately all you can ask for from I your teammates. That, I think that came from the draft, too. Oh, you yeah. Know? I mean, well, and see, there's, there's the, a, the camera's on him all the time. No, but it's a chip he's, on his shoulder. He's expected it's, to be but, drafted. But he can handle point. it because, because what does he do? He shoves it down your throat because, like you said, his he's so talented. Yeah. But, but his competitiveness, I think that because he's got that, um, that sort of like – Laid, laid, laid back. They always say California. No, no, no. He just doesn't waste his energy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, and, yeah. and, and I can see because I hear you when you go, you know, you think because you're back in, in the Lions territory, you can't root for, like, the Green Bay. But you, to me, when I heard that, the 3-0 Green Bay Packers, you root for your friends. I do. You yeah. know, like, it wasn't like you're, you're not looking. Just the same thing as with the Lions. You're yeah. rooting for people. I root for my brothers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like, mean, I played eight years with a lot of those guys still up in Green Bay. We, you know, 
You know how it is, man. You bleed together. You sweat together. Must you cry together them. after, you know, tough losses. Is there, is there one thing that maybe you would impress um, to some people that, that, that don't know, um, you know, maybe fr- from the offensive, like the offensive lineman, like, like what is something like people can watch or sort of pick up on that maybe they wouldn't see before? Like if I'm watching a game, yeah. the communication or because there's so much – Explain to me, so sometimes the center, right, calls out the protections or different guys, but then the guy's tapping the other guy by the butt. Yeah. That, so I understand that that's the silent count or depending on noise. But um, is there certain things that maybe to prove to people that linemen are smarter than oh, the guys on yeah. the other side of the ball? Yeah, kind of sticking with that point is <laughs> is – the communication factor. I mean, it, the play starts with the offensive lineman. And I, I had a great coach who always used to tell us, you've got to see things through five sets of eyes. You've got to see it the exact same way, right? Well, you can't have the left tackle seeing one thing and making one call and the right tackle not seeing shit, and he doesn't know what the hell's going on out there. If you're not doing all, everything on the same page, all five guys, you're going to look like shit. And we had, you know, I've been through, I've been on teams like that where we had, you know, three really good players and we had two really you know kind of average players but the whole offensive line gets identified as just being bad because it's kind of the one guy that might bring you down so it's the communication man it really is anytime and does that come from from the study room is that come from yeah come from camaraderie like you said having a beer with the guy saying do you make up like like you say i'll bring up like uh i'll bring up pro bowlers because yeah. you're two-time pro bowlers so yeah. chad clifton right so would there be something that you'd be sitting around going man whoever whoever like maybe they're getting to think so you two would have because you know that there's some plays coming up where some the Vaughn miller is going to be blitzing mm-hmm. down and double teaming so you guys got to be on the same page does, it, does yeah. it go that deep it does and i tell you what no matter what we're doing whether we're you know grabbing beers or yeah, we used to fuck around and go bowling uh, on Thursday nights for a line dinner sometimes. It yeah. doesn't matter what we're doing. We're always talking football, whether you're, you know, intentionally doing it or you're not. Um, you're, always talk, you're always talking about something just to kind of yeah, keep everything, keep everybody kind of, you know, ready and on their toes. Because as an offensive lineman, I, I put it a lot like a kicker. Like if you have one bad play. Right, you can't yeah, make wait, it up. Wait, wait, wait. Hold can't, on a sec. Please, please explain how the you, offensive line you, and the kicker. You, okay, so one, if I'm an offensive lineman, right, yeah. let's say the first play of the game, I get my quarterback absolutely blown out. He's out for the game. He's hurt. The next 70 plays, I go kick the guy's ass in front of me. What's everybody talking about? No, dude. You're, They're talking about the I bet you you're on right? the – I bet you you're the highlight of the film video, too. You're talking about the one play, right? right I mean, right. I, we're not receivers where you can drop a ball, you can drop two balls – and then go catch two touchdowns, and nobody remembers the. So drive. you have to have pretty much amnesia. <laughs> you do, but you have to. You have to honestly, like it, it's it's such a stressful job, and you're never going to play a perfect game. But I think every group of guys that I played with, the one thing we talk about is you, you have to strive for that perfection because you can't you can't be satisfied with having five bad plays. You can't be satisfied with having four bad plays because you know, these games are decided by one one play now. You know. And that's the one thing that I always respected about the group of guys I was with, and it kind of came when I was a young guy, was we'd go into the line room after the game, we'd watch the film on Monday, I'd look at a, a guy like Chad Clifton and be like, ah, oh, you played really good, man. And he'd be like, yeah, but I had that one play, you know? And I'm like, shit, why is he killing himself about that one play? And it always stuck with me because 
If, if, if he's we going to kill himself on the one play, yeah. if the Eiserman, if he's going right. to play on half a leg yeah. and go out there and do it, yeah. and I can't, you know what I mean? It's it just like, stuck with me, though. Like, wow, that's that's just, a, I think, a very unique mindset because there are a lot of guys who would be satisfied with, I only had eight bad plays, you know? What's I was the, just one of those what, guys, I'm like, I can't, it's a bad taste in my mouth and I hate it. Was there any game that you could remember where, like, you guys do a recap and it was like, what, like, was there ever a game where you, like, it was not perfect because I don't think it's possible, but yeah. like really minimal where it was one of those like games where everything was clicking, everybody was. You, I presume you'd want that to be in a playoff game. But, oh, yeah. But yeah. has it, did, has there been that, those moments where you, it's because I relate it to the grind line. Yeah. Me, Chris Draper, Kirk Malpe, why we were so effective it's, um, down the way and put Joey Kosher in there too because of the four of us. Is because we didn't have to think. Yeah. Where we could automatically, and, and, and I mean it to the point that it was, if I saw one of those guys do something, I was automatically doing something else, and it was mm-hmm. the right move. Yeah. Right? Without going, uh, do I go here? Do I go there? Yeah. Right? So. It, it was probably a lot about what we did too. I mean, like we had, I had a guy, honestly, every level I played at, I've had a teammate of mine that was always kind of getting the, the spotlight. And it always kind of made me jealous because I'm like, I want that, you know. So I think it kind of makes you compete amongst each other. I want to be the highest graded lineman. You know, I want to be the guy with the most knockdowns. And it kind of makes you, once you have that competition, it raises everybody's level because that's just kind of natural instinct. Everybody wants to be the best. Um, But we had a string of, you know, talking about my time in Green Bay, we had a string in 2014 where we were the best team in football for probably 10 weeks, lost an NFC championship game by a fluke uh Onside kick at the end of the game, we ended up losing to Seattle. 2016, same thing. We were rolling, man. We started, we started four and six, right? Everybody's killing us. We went in the locker room. We're like, we just got to believe in each other, man. Look around. Look at the talent, you know? And from there, we just started playing loose and just having fun. Like, we had nothing to lose. We rip off six straight yeah, wins. We go to the that. NFC Championship game where, unfortunately, we, you know, we got beat up pretty good by Atlanta, you know, the year they went to the Super Bowl. But, you hit those stretches, and that's like the one time where you feel like you just you feel at the top of your level. You know, you feel like when you're winning 45 to 10 three weeks in a row, you're just like, <laughs> shit, you know. But I was always the type of guy, like we, we were talking about, where we would win games. I had multiple games where we'd win by 30 points, and I maybe let up a sack, and I'm the one guy in the locker room after the game that's just pissed. taking my shit off, and I'm pissed, and I'm not talking to anybody, and everybody's celebrating. I'm just, I'm just so mad at myself because – you hold yourself to a high standard, right? And I think that's what it's all about. So how how, how good is, is the Lions team feeling right now where they just went two games in a row yeah. without giving up a sack? Like when, you're, when your unit does a game like that or you get on a streak like that as a unit, I mean, how, how, how do you roll off of that? I mean, what's the feeling? Oh, man, I think the one big thing is just the confidence, you know. You look at a team like, uh, like Philly. I mean, they've had one of the best defensive lines in football for a couple of years now. Uh, you don't let up a sack to those guys. You know, the, the quarterbacks, obviously, he's going to get hit once in a while. There's plays where they bring blitzes. You just can't block them. But I think the one big thing is just the, the the kind of confidence and the validation that all the hard work is starting to pay off. Because I think the one thing we had last year when I was there, my last you know, my last year before I retired, was we worked so hard in training camp. We worked so hard in May and June. And, you know, there comes a natural bitching effect where you're like, Fuck this! But shit better pay off, man. Because I, I, you know, we're killing ourselves out here. We got we started believing, and then you go out and you start season zero and two. You're just like, 
it's you're not passing blame on the coaches or anybody else, but you're like there, there's part of you that really gets torn down because you're like I really thought this was going to pay off for us as a team. You know, you handle adversity, hit adversity, any every single season doesn't matter when you got to handle it. But just watching those guys this year and talking to them, I think the one big thing is, and you can see it while they're playing too. They play looser. You know, they're not afraid to make mistakes because everybody knows you can't play a perfect game. But it just looks like the confidence is high. I mean, it looks like they're having fun. It looks like Stafford to me when I see him make a big completion or make a pass and he's animated. I mean, I haven't seen that from him in a couple years now. So I think even he knows that they got a chance to be special. I think their confidence right now is just soaring soaring high. Now it's not getting too high because obviously they got a huge challenge coming up Sunday. And that's the best thing about football, win or lose on Sunday. You basically got a day to celebrate it, and then it's on to next week, right? You forget about it. You get ready for the next opponent. And, you know, I tell you what, though, the way they keep playing, I mean, if you go out and beat Kansas City, that's that's a lot of validation that, you know what, the first three weeks, that shit ain't a fluke. You know, we're, we're here to stay. We're kind of making a statement for the rest of the league, and I hope they do it, man. I'm cheering for those guys. There's a lot of my brothers in that locker room, and, Coach Patricia, you know, love him too. Love all the coaches. I hope they can keep going. I think Stafford's healthy. That's, I the, think big, he's too, that's yeah. the biggest thing, you know. He looks as comfortable. As long as he's healthy. He looks comfortable. And I think, you know, I, I took a lot of heat this past offseason because uh, I, I was doing an interview and I said, you know what, I, I think they just got to take a little pressure off of Stafford. And by that, you know, I, I started getting killed because they're like, what are you talking about? He's getting paid $30 million a year. What do you mean take pressure off the guy? And I'm like, I, I don't mean it like that. I mean, take don't ask him to go – throw the ball 50 times a game and put every every single game on his back that your performance is going to direct exactly direct how we win or if we're going to win or if we're going to lose. Running you know, they need a running game. Out. They need a play-action game. They need, you know, just to be on time with stuff. You don't need to take 30-yard shots down the field 20 times a game, right? Get the ball. Watch, watch how the Patriots play. Throw a three-yard route. Let that guy go 70. Let the other guys make plays. And that's what I'm seeing from him right now. Every, he looks comfortable. He looks on time with his passes. I mean, there's not a lot of plays where he's just backyard footballing and running around and praying to God somebody gets open. There and I think one. it's a testament to <laughs> – There was one. Right, there's always going to be one or two. There's always going to be one or two. That's down in Cleveland right now in <laughs> Mayfield. That, yeah, that, that's but, what's going on. Yeah, but at least yeah, you see something for his life. Well, that's how it was even, like, you know, the last couple of years. It's yep. well documented in Green Bay what they've been going through. Right. Uh, I wasn't there for it, so I don't know how that, that locker room was dealing with it. But that's how it was for a long time in Green Bay. We just, you know, Aaron was just the guy that He's just so was good. just special, you know. Yeah. And it's nothing against any other quarterback. It's nothing against Stafford. It's just you watch the plays that Aaron makes, and it's like it's I've never seen Tom Brady throw a pass, and I was just like, that was incredible, right? I watched Tom Brady throw passes, and I watched Edelman take it 60 yards of the house. And I'm like, okay, that's just a good design. Yeah. Uh, the the plays I, I just obviously blocking for the guy and, and watching him not even in the games but in practices yeah was just like holy shit man. it reminds me of Datsuk it's just to incredible watch a Pavel yeah. Datsuk and practice and do the stuff that he's done yeah, the bombs that he throws are so precise yeah I mean, you know, it's just I mean every, he doesn't miss yeah it's just some guys are just different you know and that doesn't mean that the guy over here is a bad quarterback it just means this guy's just a he's, he's, a, he's a unicorn you know he's just that talented. He's fantastic. He, he is, you know, and I think even them having a good year right now, and he, he hasn't even played 
talking to him, you know, earlier in the week, he, he feels like the offense is playing like crap and they're 3-0, you know. So that's obviously a good spot to be. And, go, and going back to the Lions, too, their defense, they're they're flying to the ball. Mm-hmm. They're always in position. Yeah. That's, that's what's impressing me most. The big thing about the defense is if you watch the Lions defense or you watch New England, which their defense is obviously based off of, it's nothing sexy, right? It's not a team that's going to get you – 40 turnovers, and it's not a team that's going to get you 50 sacks a season, but it's just a team that's just going to suffocate you. And I think we even saw it in the Philly game where, okay, go ahead, throw the ball down to the 30. You know, we're going to we're going to puff out our chest in the red zone and kick field goals all day. You know, our, our offense scores 21 points, we're winning the game. And I think that's kind of the attitude they have. Yeah. And you know what? It's not the most sexy style of football where you get a lot of big plays, but it's effective. But it's got a game plan. It's a game plan. Quick question. Yep. Off the top of your head, who had the best set of hair that you've ever played with? Mm. Best head of hair. Oh, man. Probably Clay Matthews. Clay, yeah, oh, probably yeah. Clay. Talk, you know what? Clay, and, and Clay does a uh, hair commercial for, uh, like, yeah. head and shoulders. You know what he needs? V, Listen, <laughs> he needs what I need. You know what I use? Miracle Flow. Have you okay. seen the Miracle no, Flow? I haven't. That's what I got. I got going It looks right good, here. though. It's it looks like nice. The, it's called the Mohawk Mullet. Yeah, there sort you of. go. It's, it's bringing you, the mullet back. But Miracle Flow is the only hair uh, care product for guys with majestic flow and those who want it. Miracle Flow is specially formulated for athletes. With longer hair to help rejuvenate the flow after the beating it takes in your sweaty helmet. Do your helmet get sweaty? Oh, hell yeah. Do you wear, like, do you have a, do you, like, like if it's hot, or do you have yeah. like something inside that keeps um, it cooler or the sweat? We used to have. They make like these little foam pads that you can put on your forehead pad that kind of absorbs it. Well, that's cool. But when you take your yeah. helmet off, Miracle Flow is a perfect product for guys with flows by guys made. Sorry, Miracle Flow makes products for guys with flow by guys with flow. That meaning, if you check out Miracle Flow on Instagram, it's got the greatest mullets picks ever our shampoo is used by nhl mlb uh it says mil which i'm thinking it's lacrosse nfl d1 athletes those those drivers uh oh d1 is division one i guess i remember miracle (laughs) flow it's not just a hairstyle it's a lifestyle and look Dude, I don't have a bottle here, but I have my own bottle with the D-Mac Miracle Flow 25. Big I time. have that bottle. You do have Big that. Time. Yeah, but you it's deserve good. it. Oh, nice. It smells good, but I mean, like, exactly. not, not so much for Perry? No, exactly. Mac, it's my favorite. I've been using it for a week. I love it. And, and it's probably Seriously. Going. I, it I'm smells you, really good. It smells amazing. It's minty. I love it. That little kid leave. Quit jerking <laughs> off. It's not what it's for. Christ. <laughs> uh, um, so let's go back to because um, I, I uh, obviously the the there's differences in Rodgers and and Stafford. But yeah. What are the similarities? Uh, the leadership, I think, is the first thing that sticks out to me. Um, and what 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 is that like? The leadership uh, as far as um, leadership on the field. And off the field, in yeah, the room. Both. Uh, everything. I mean, and I think the, the first thing that sticks out is the accountability, right? Neither of those guys are type of guys that come in and say, you guys need to play better. You need to play better. You need to play better. They're both guys that, hey, listen, after a t- you're always going to have tough losses throughout the season. They're, they're both type of guys that, hey, listen, it starts with me. You know, I got to get right. I got to hit this route. I got to get this. I got to get this in the right checks, I got to get us in the right plays, blah, 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 whatever it is. 
And I think when you have a guy that starts off with that, it, it, it opens, it's contagious. It opens everybody else up to now, you know, being honest with yourself and being honest with your teammates about, shit, I, I need to play better too. You know, and, and that's, that's a, it's a great environment to have. You don't want guys that walk around bitching in, in the media about, you know, our O-line sucked today, they need to play better. You know, our DBs suck today, they need to play better. You don't want guys like that. You want guys that, uh, you know, own up, you know, to themselves and, own up to how they play, and I think both those guys were. That's the one thing that I kind of noticed right off the bat was selfless guys that just that, true competitors that want to win, and you know they're they're gonna they're gonna show it in the meeting rooms, they're gonna show it on the practice field, they're gonna show it in the games, right? If they're not playing well, they're gonna take the ownership, and it's gonna try to get everybody else going to you know play at a high level. I think it works. No, it, it's, it, it definitely it's, does. It's, it's it's just the, the one thing I think you can. The one thing you can ask for out of your teammates is always honesty, right? You don't want – because you play with guys sometimes where you come off the field and you're like, hey, what happened over there? And they give you a bullshit excuse. Then you watch the film and you're like, that come didn't on, happen man. anywhere that what you said you. what happened, right? Just, like, hey, that's dude, on you, man. You dude, know? I fucked up. Yeah, just it was say my it. man. Just it was it. my man. Just my assignment. Up. Hey, you, whether it is, you know, hey, I missed with my punch, blah, 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 I got beat, right? Yeah. Something as simple as that. Yeah. You're not going to get blasted for it, but your teammates are going to appreciate that. I pre- appreciate you stepping yeah. up. Own up. Front Step of up and own it. And I think it's the one thing that I noticed with both those guys is no issues with ever uh, being sensitive about taking blame or, or, or getting the blame. You know, they take with it, and I, I think uh, – that's what you have to have from your leader, you know, especially the guy that's the voice of the, of the team and the voice of the locker room that's, you know, especially playing the quarterback position. You have to have it. Luckily, I played with, you know, two guys that, that definitely had it. So talk talk a little bit. You brought it up just a minute ago about um, Matt Patricia. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I, I got to meet him uh, personally, obviously, uh, and get to know him and love you know, having a conversation with him and sort of what he's all about. I've I've noticed just from watching from a distance, just sort of him. I always said, dude, he's give him a chance because he doesn't know what part of him's Belichick and what part's not. When you yeah. come out of that system and you sort of know coming out of the Packers, but you you know what you're about. Yeah. But then moving forward, now they're obviously two zero and one. And it hasn't been perfect, but that's the NFL. But we're yeah. winning games in the past that this team hasn't won. Right, exactly. Right? So it's got to start somewhere, and if I'm going to preach culture, what is it yeah. that, that fans in Detroit or Lions fans that T.J. Lang sees or knows or just that, like, because to me it's like it's going to be an honest, he's going to give you, like, an honest effort. You know, but, but I see him learning as he's going. It's not yeah. like... Ooh, that's cool. It just turned into a haunted house. Lights. <laughs> yeah, to answer your question, I mean, it's kind of – the first thing that sticks out about it, he's the smartest coach I've ever been around in my life. Well, but that's because he's a nuclear it's, physicist. But it is like every situation, I mean, every position, he can walk into any room in that building and just go – just sit down and have conversations with guys where you're sitting there like – Oh, holy shit, I never thought about that. You know, it's just, why didn't everybody tell me that before? Can you give, it, me, an exa- can you give it, like, an example? Like, You know, it, it's just something as simple as, by the time I got to play with him, I mean, I, you know, I was nine years in the league. I was pretty experienced. I kind of felt like I had everything figured out. But when he comes into the room and he's like, guys, when we're in the red, why are we getting beat with bull rushes on the five-yard line? Teams aren't going to run stunts, and they're not going to try to go around you in a pass situation. Because you only got 
10 yards to work with. The, court, the ball's got to get out, right? And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, shit, I never really thought about that. Like, I, it's perspective. It is funny because so every, time, every time we've been on the five-yard line, I have been getting bull rush. Like, that's crazy. I, why didn't I ever think about that before? So you expect yeah, the bull rush. Yeah, it's just like, wow. Like, yeah, and then when you know what's coming, it makes your job easy. So, so, <laughs> so that, so, But even that opens up a little bit more because a lot of time it goes to life. And I think you realize it too now being retired and you can sort of look back on how things happen, being a parent also, but it's perspective. Yeah. Sometimes, you, you know, you whether it's you don't have it as bad as you think you do right. or different things like that, but to look at it differently. And do you watch games? I do, yeah. Di- but do you watch them? Di- like, how does an off at former – I know how a former uh, power forward um, – Four-time Stanley Cup champion with a Stanley Cup uh, cup clinching goal in his belt. <laughs> Where's the buzzer? Ding, 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 ding. I don't want to make you feel old. That was one of my favorite plays from my, my youth. Well, it was the only time I, I beat one guy one on one my whole career. But <laughs> I did. It's for the it's for the guys like us. Yeah, bro. bro it's for the guy. It's it, it's the, that's the hard worker. Yeah. But where was I, McCool? What point was I on here? Uh, you were bringing it back to life. Oh, just about how perspective. Yeah. Right? We're, we're that perspective. But I watch a game now, and it's not my NHL. Right. I, when people say, well, what do you think about the game? Then I have to start with a preface. Of, yeah. Uh, I, I thought that I played 10 years too late. I really realized I got out just in the nick of time. Yeah. You know, with all fo- the rule football changes. is the same yep. thing, dude. Yeah. When I grew up, you go across the middle, and I'm talking to hockey. You get hit And you get hit, and it's your fault for being a dumbass. And football... It's, I assume it's the same thing. Now they get the guy who hits you trouble. Right. But how do you watch the game because of all the rules, all the penalties, all this, yeah. all that? Because you played. And yeah. You've been you probably watch training. your position, I would imagine. I, I do. I, yeah. And I'm, I think it's unique because I don't think there's a lot of people that watch the offensive line. I think most guys watch wherever the ball is or wherever the quarterback. Can you teach somebody to watch? The, um, like, what do you or But you're looking for specific things. Okay. I look, so yeah. let me ask you this. Yeah. If you're, if you're, um, so we we see Tony Romo and Jim Nance, who does the, the CBS uh, Tony Romo former quarterback for, for Dallas, mm-hmm. um, and he'll pick he'll see plays yeah. before it happens because of formations because of yep. because of his knowledge. Same thing for you because in a lot of times I guess if if it was Detroit because you've sort of maybe seen some of the playbook, but how about? The other teams or what you're watching, is that what you're looking for? Yeah, I think uh, the first thing I kind of watch at it, especially when, like, you know, Detroit has the ball, I'm watching what the defense is doing. I'm watching kind of what, what they're thinking because a lot of teams, you can't – it's hard to see it from in my three-point stance and I'm looking through a 320-pound D-line and what everybody else is doing. But when you watch from the TV, really? you're like – You, you want to elaborate like, on yeah. <laughs> It's difficult, so it's especially not, with a face it's mask. It's not transparent. Your whole face. And yeah. snarling it's like – Snarling like, it's, you know, he watches his <laughs> bull rush. not rolling down. Yeah, yeah, it's everything. But when you watch from the TV, you can kind of pick up different angles, obviously. And uh, the one thing I look at is I go, okay, this guy's blitzing, this guy's blitzing, this guy's – and I hope that, you know, the quarterback can see the same thing, which right, most right, of the time right. he does. And then after that, I kind of really quickly try to find the play, whether it's a run, play action, whether it's a pass. And then my eyes are pretty much glued on the line, right? right. I, I want to see, I want to see how these guys are protecting. I kind of want to see what the scheme is, right? Because you're going to play one. You're, every team you play is going to have one badass D lineman that's going to, you know, just you have twenty sacks a year. So 
kind of watch how, how they're going to treat this guy, right? Are they going to give a little bit extra help oh, here? Dr. Leo Mack. Yeah, you got, oh, yeah. yeah, you got these guys. You got and explain how, like, so if you're going to, so when Detroit plays Chicago, yeah. right, and they're going to go up against Cleo Mack, you, you guys in that room that week will specifically talk about how you're going to block the oh, one dude. Right? 100%. Like, yeah, how can one guy, can you explain how, how that'll take over, like, your week? Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing is, obviously, you have to trust the coaches that they're going to put together a, a solid game plan to handle a guy like that. I think I, I was always a guy that I always had a tremendous amount of pride to kind of say, you know, fuck that, I don't need right, your right, help. Right. No, give them give to me one-on-one. But there'd be games where, you know, we'd be playing the Lions when I was in Green Bay, and I got Sue across from me, and I'm like, Okay, I'm glad I had help on that one. <laughs> he would have beat me if, my, if I didn't have my center or if I didn't have my tackle help me. He would have got me on that play. So you appreciate the help. I think everybody's – it's not – It's not. you have to put your pride and your ego aside, right? If you're, if you're uh, Rick Wagner, you know, the right tackle for the Lions, and that week they're saying, Rick, we're going to help you with the tight end, uh, half the pass plays, right? You can't get pissed about that and go – they don't trust me to do my job. You just got to think of it as a fact like Thanks, bro. this is what's best for the team. You know, yeah, but got, you're older if now. We neutralize, older and wiser. Right, but exactly. yeah, you get older and you kind of realize, listen, this is the best for the team, right? It just, it neutralize this guy and, and trust everybody else to take care of their job. So I think you got to kind of put your ego and your pride aside uh, sooner or later you know, to, to say – Okay, it probably is smart to double team this guy. He is uh, he, he is a potential game. Everybody runner. understands this guy you is do. a beast. Yes, and know, it's nothing. Mac. It's nothing against any lineman, right? Like you're not gonna in the media. It's not gonna be well. They double teamed him every play. It's so gonna be the Lions schemed him they up and they shut him down. They neutralized yeah. him. Who who was who were the guys that it was pack a lunch uh, or like when it came down to game time when you played. Yeah. Whether it was your first year or whatever, even like Clifton, Chad Clifton would come to you and say, yeah. listen, kid, it's one of those yeah, weeks. It's a like, grind it out. Is it game, like, do yeah. you have those? Because oh, when I relate yeah. it to games, right, there's some games I look at the lineup and go, wow, good. Because if you let him sleep, then he won't fight and he can get through this game yeah. probably pretty scathed. Because, you know, and then other times it's like, ah, oh, man, I might as well fight him first. So I fight him and do good against him, it'll suppress the other guys. Yeah, but calm everybody down. Yeah. Who, who is as good, you know, maybe name some, like, def- like lineman guys. Yeah. Because you guys in the trenches, Yeah, I mean, it, that reminds me of I played rugby. I didn't play football. But in rugby, it's honorable because you can, if you cheap shot somebody, dude, you're going to get it back. And oh, there's fuck punches yeah, thrown yeah. in that game. Yeah. And there's, like, you, so, so you better not do unto others as you would yeah. want done unto you. Yeah. Does it happen like that? Yeah, oh yeah, it definitely does. I think going back to your first point, I mean, when I was a young guy, Jared Allen was a DN for the Vikings, yeah. who was just an absolute badass at the time. Uh, I played against him a couple times my rookie year. We had a couple injuries, I had to go play, and played pretty good against him, but there was like two bad plays a game where he'd beat me. And it's just like, this guy, this guy's Another so good. damn so, crafty, I so, fucking hate so it, you he, know? He reminds me, he's got a motor, right? Yeah. He's a guy oh, yeah. that's a motor that yep. he just... He won't quit. Are yeah. those the guys? Because I'd almost because there's certain guys like that when you play is that when they knew you were going to give like I hit a few D a few times even if it was bigger guys that it'd sort of be an easier game. Yeah, you know, unless they were feeling confrontational and then we right. end up fighting at the beginning of the game. But yeah, oh, hundred percent. I mean, there's guys where we used to kind of target every single week. 
either. So you do target as either far as watch out for this asshole, you know, watch out for his cheap. Listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I think Detroit Kansas fans can agree with me this. Finally, I used to fight him all the time, but Sue was the type oh, of guy that every single he. game we're like, listen, he's a time bomb. He can do anything every single play. As a lineman, you know, my my main goal when I played him was piss him off so bad that all he wants to do is rip my head off. Because if he's trying to rip my head off, he's not trying to rip my quarterback's head off. And I'd rather have that every day of the week. Yeah, and you were saying that (laughs) you and Aaron had beers a lot, and sometimes he didn't buy. So, I mean, that's the big guy he was. So, you can't be uh, chicken wings and beer night. was at the bowling alley down in Green Bay every Thursday. I like it. I learned a lot. Uh, Sue was an incredible player, uh, just a great talent. Um but he was one of those type of you guys get, that you hey, had to you had to say, look, if he's see, got a chance to take a shot, he's going to take the shot. So you gotta stay. You gotta be a little rat. You gotta be a net. You gotta push him after the place. You gotta piss him off so that he's not. So he's more worried about you than he is well, that's hurting your teammates. As a lineman, that's what you gotta take. And you that's know? the selfish part of you know you, you're talking about the team. You know that comes uh, full circle because you're talking about the team aspect of yeah. of when you're going against a guy and why. Maybe it explains why in the past Green Bay has been successful and they have Super Bowl championships right. and stuff because the people in there understand the culture, whereas maybe, and we use that for example, that it was about them, right. not the whole, yeah. because, you know, that's the whole, with me and, you know, yeah, with me, I, the Lemieux thing, the Claude Lemieux, March 26, 97, the biggest part of that, yeah, was get the revenge, but we had to win the game. Yeah. And so the fact that you can be able to get the revenge and uh, score the OT winner is just the biggest, like, are you kidding me? Does anybody yeah. else see that, you know? like? Yeah, we saw it. <laughs> was that, you want to watch even, again? That no. didn't even count as a fight. <laughs> was, I didn't yeah, even right? get a fight. You didn't even <laughs> yeah, get five minutes. Right. You got four minutes for yeah. roughing. And a ten. Was that a, uh, now, was that something that was... We know we've talked about it a little bit. Was that something that was obviously planned going into the game? That no, dude, it was, was no, it, just, it was planned in my went, head. You went red and just went for it. No, no, because it had to be. No, if you watch it, Lariano started. It, right. it had to be the perfect storm. Yeah, I was allowing it to play out. Now, like I tell everybody, it. it uh, yeah, I would have. Uh, you know, at the end of it, I probably would have jumped in the bench, or maybe I would have like, you know got him some of done something stupid yeah it came down to but we had to win the game so the way that it happened that forsberg and that lariana they start with and he i knew he was on the ice so i i once it was on once the bell rang i was gonna do whatever it took but i ran up against uh adam foot who's really strong he's like a like yeah, grab me and then boy. shanny broke me free and then you know it was yeah. on yeah so. That's always something I wondered about, and I know I could probably. It was probably be, done a million interviews. I no, could no, but Google here's it, the but whole thing. The it's only, not often you get to hear. It actually the only from thing the, that was ever you, said. You this know? is why, and you know what? This is why I implore everybody check out Slaps and Comedy Tour, DarrenMcCarty.com, anything, whatever I'm doing, because I tell the story, and that because the, the only thing that was ever said was said by me, and it was actually there's one thing said and, and one question asked, right? And it's when I picked up drapes ten months earlier. At, in May, yeah. from the hospital, two days after getting his jaw wired shut and his orbital uh, orbital bone crushed and titanium plate in his face, got in the car. Uh, I said to him, "I said, don't worry, I'll take care of it." Yeah. It's the only thing I ever said. Then I asked him, "I said, where do you want to eat?" But yeah. that, that uh, I knew it was on the omelet for the Noki. Yeah. See, I think as a fan, like you pictured all you guys in the locker room just yeah. 
Flair and Metallica, that's, and just like it's, it's the fucking Night dude, Boys. Here we go. Get <laughs> you shit ready. We're going for it. Little, right, exactly. But it <laughs> well, wasn't. You know, you're right. It's got to be a perfect storm. Right? There's obviously ways that they can scheme to well, it, keep it, him away from you or but anything it's just like the like that. way it the game was and the way that it played out. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like that karma's real and that stuff's real. And you know what? Like, even if I say, I don't know if you, with, with concussions and stuff like that, everybody knows my journey with, uh, with cannabis and stuff, but the biggest thing is what I preach is don't tell me what, tell me where. And so when everybody, like I say, um, is what I bring to you here until, you know, uh, you might have heard about my uh, licensing and teaming up with Pincana, which is it would be great and I have some information as that continues, but in the meantime... Our friends over at Herbal Active, uh, HerbalActive.com, that's U-R-B-A-L-A-C-T-I-V.com. That is the THC-free hemp um, that ships all throughout the country. This is Rich Summers and his crew. This is the stuff that uh, my wife uses, I've used. Now it's when I lead people to, if they want to get on their CBD journey, this is where to start. You can do it by... Mints, you can do it by tinctures, uh, which is drops. You can do it by uh, rub, THC-free rub on your hands. Uh, it's a great way to allow your endocannabinoid system, which anything with a spine has. Uh, what does it mean? What's the difference if you're confused with the CBD, THC? Well, pretty much it's like uh, you're, the way cannabinoids work. It's like you've got your name on at the door at the club. When the, the THC and the CBD react, you get right in with the THC free. Well, you're still going to get in, but you're going to have to wait in line. That means it, it'll it'll react and it'll work, but just takes a little bit longer. Anyways, uh, I implore everybody to use it because of this. I thank the partnership. Go to HerbalActive.com. Use the code DMAC25 for 25% off all your... CBD, THC-free needs. That's HerbalActive.com. Thank you for your support. And uh, thanks for your support, too, uh, Rich. Uh, I saw a great uh, few gifts at the golf outing on uh, last Sunday. So uh, the grind time first annual golf outing, that was good. We're going to get to that a little bit more um, moving forward. But, uh, hey, Mac. Yo. Just listen you talk about uh, telling TJ, you know, I said as a fan, and telling your story about Claude Lemieux. And hearing both you guys, there's a reason you guys were champions and winners at your sports. Because I'm listening to both of you talk about the type of teammates you guys are. And you'll do whatever it takes to make your team successful. And I think that's pretty cool to have you guys here talking about former Red Wing NHL championship, former Green Bay Packer NFL championship, and just the type of players you guys are and were. Right. Well, I, I think that the one thing that, that, you know, as I've gotten to know TJ, uh, you know, person and just talking to him is, you know, a lot of it is, is the way, you know, you're raised or you grew up and it goes back to, you know, and I think a lot of it too is that you're formulated around the people, you know, you talk about the Chad Clifton's and you talk about the, the older offensive linemen in Green Bay that taught you how to be, you know, because we're all, you know, we all like, you know, want to have fun, and we're all human beings. But it's it's sort of having that sort of direction, and just being able to have the people that look out for you. For me, 
you know, it's the Steve Eisenmans, the Dino Cicerellis, who's, you know, always been, you know, uh, a friend of mine. He, you know, I remember, did you ever have anybody? I remember Dino telling, like, Drape, Sazi, and I when we were, like, first year or something, say, y'all, you little punks better enjoy it because it goes by quick. And we're like, <laughs> he's like 32 or 33. We're like, shut up, old man. What yeah. do you know? You know, like, and it goes fast, don't it, bro? Oh, hell yeah, it does. I used to have guys that told me, I well, your had, sports uh, three-year, like your three-year like three average, average. Fans, right? Yeah, it's about a three-year average. And I used to have guys, I kind of always aimed at, you know. Yeah, what was your goal? Let's get back to it. So you, so, so you get drafted, you go yeah. there, you know, you're like, wow, you, you get in on the team. What were yeah. you thinking, hey, I can do this for like, what, three, five it, years? It took me a while because I, I wasn't a full-time starter until my third year. And after my third year, going into my fourth year, I signed a four-year deal extension, and I was like, "Okay, I think I can, think I can do this for a while." I, I honestly, I think goals change. You know, for me, they always did. It always went from, "I'm just happy just playing in the NFL," right? Right. You know, right, right I never, right. I never thought about the money. I never thought about anything else. I was just happy that I, I still got to play football for a living. Uh, you know, once I became a starter, I was like, "Okay," you know, I, I think. I keep getting better at this, you know, I think I could do it for a while. I always wanted to get to eight years. And uh, once I got to eight years, I was like, wow, it went by fast, you know. That's like dog, that's like yeah. dog years almost. It, it is, man. But it's like, you know, I, I, I want to play four more, you know, and I, I wanted to get to 12. Um, ultimately got to 10, which is still, for me, you know, never would have thought in my wildest dreams. But uh, I always had certain goals. You know, obviously winning the championship, which we did our second year. I always wanted to win one when I was a starter, though, because even though we won the championship in 2010, I was kind of a role player. And it took me a long time to kind of come to grips with the fact that I actually helped the team get there, you know, because I felt like all I was doing was practicing. I'd play, you know, 10, 20 plays here or there, but I really didn't do a whole lot. So kind of I think that's what ultimately drove me to want to become a better player was that I wanted to win a Super Bowl when I was on the field for the whole thing and I was doing my job and I was the one that was busting my ass, I was sweating my ass off at the end of the game, you know, holding that trophy. You know, got got close a couple more times, but right. obviously never did it. But um, that was the one thing that, that was always my motivation, you know. I always wanted to kind of validate uh, the career that I had and, and, and always feel like it ended at the top, you know. And that was my ultimate motivation coming back to Detroit was – not just coming back home and, and being able to move my family here and be closer to my family, but I wanted to be a part of something special here. And although, you know, I got cut short a little bit, I, th- I think they're on the path for it, you know. And I'm just I'm, I'm happy that Coach Patricia and those guys give me a chance to still be around the team and still at least feel like I'm a, a small part of it. Talk, talk so. about that because I think that, the, to me, I get it, and that's important. And, and with Stevie back, it's sort of like – you know, I was down there for the first exhibition game this year just because I want to be in the building for the first, just for me. Yeah. Just to be there because I know what's coming. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I will say, I told you so, I told you so, yeah. I told you so. <laughs> I mean, what do I know? I mean, I only got four cups. Yeah. And a couple right. of great moments. McCool, do you remember how many I got? How many? I think four. Lost two. Yeah. Hi, Chrissy. That's it. <laughs> oh, I got you Chris Brown tickets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, I think ultimately, though, like guys like you, and you know, I'm not so high on myself, but you know, guys like no, us, we're, all, we, we're 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 cogs in the wheel, bro. Where no, you realize, but I'm not saying that. But I'm saying we, even though we're done playing, 
you still have so much to give. You know what I mean? And I'm still I'm trying to still kind of come to grips with that because obviously I'm fresh out of playing. But you really look at it and you think about it. Like yesterday I was texting with one of our offensive linemen that are still playing in Detroit, and he's asking me questions about a defensive tackle that they're going to see from Kansas City. And he's like, hey, is this a guy you've played before? And I said, yeah, he is. You know, he's a good player, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of watched some film, and I gave him a breakdown of what I thought. And he's sitting there, he's like, I've, dude, that's so helpful, man. Like, thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just sitting there like, fuck, like, I don't want to coach, yeah. but I feel like I've got so much to get back to these guys in this game that I owe it to. You See, know? I, I think that there's something that, that you and I are going to have to create, and I um, – you McCool was talking about it before, but I want you to be a constant on here. But I think it's just like you and I talking just from our perspective to be able to help some of these younger guys. Because my, 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 I don't know, my goal or my, uh, what I'm looking to do is sort of help pave the way with nothing yeah. to do. I have nothing to do with wins and losses. Right. Anything, the way they play or, you know, I'm. I'm not about that, but what I am about is to make it easier for them to navigate through some of the right. things that I've fell down, broken my yeah. leg, and st- the so they don't have to. Right? right? Yeah. And won't you watch this player? So now that you've had the conversation, yeah. watch this player to see if he implements right. And he maybe there's something you'll see on Sunday where because yeah. I'm going to ask, I'm going to text you, dude. Hundred percent. You're going to have yeah. to text me and say, "You see that move there, or whatever, yeah. like that." I told him about that. Yeah. Where it's just sort of pick it up because, yeah, that's where our value is. And that's, to me, that's the culture. Yeah. And I guess to me more when I explain it, because you brought it to my attention, when, what am I talking about culture? Yeah, I'm talking about when it's Red Wings, it's about Steve Eisenman or it's, a, you know, it's the Matt Staffords and the Patricians, but, it's, but it's what's everybody brings to the table yeah. because you want to be better. Yeah. And from what I hear from you coming out of, Allen Park and the Lions is that there's no me's there's all eyes in there it is and I think that that was honest you know because when we were talking back in training camp I was doing some media stuff for them and I did some media stuff for Fox 2 for the pregame shows postgame during the preseason and the one thing talking to Bob Quinn was uh, just quick side note was he felt like this was going to be the toughest year to cut guys because the way you know Kind of the way he said it was, we don't have any jerks in the locker room, oh, right? Which we've is got nice. good people. We've right. got great guys. We got guys that bust their ass, right? There's always comes cut time every year where you're like, I can't wait to get this asshole out of the building, right? right. He's, he hasn't bought in from day one. Let's get him the hell out of here. He felt like that, and I think that's a testament to those guys that I think it's a, you, I, don't, I, you, you bring in the right type of guys that are going to fit what you're trying to build. And you're going to see results, you know, and that's ultimately what they're trying to do. And this year, so far, what they've done. Well, and it's me, impressive. Let me say this because, you know, to that point, is that's where it starts. And when I, Mike Daniels, did you play with him? In, I did, yeah. We so, played six years together. Yeah. Right, that's what I'm saying. And when I heard him say that why he came to Detroit is because of Matt Patricia, because yeah. of what he, right, I immediately stop and go, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, what? Like, not, not like, I want to hear more. Yeah. I want to hear why, because that's the real, especially when it's the, the, the guys in the trenches. It's the yeah. guys that. And, the dirty and you, work. Yeah. Right. And I think that what, what helps, and I think for everybody here listening to Grind Time, hopefully that they get a little bit more insight of, of, you know, what's going on, because 
the worst part about being a Lions fan, and I grew up cross border. I'm we're all in the same boat. Yeah, right. We're all in the, except for except for Perry because he was like six when no, you were like twelve when the Lions won last time. He's got <laughs> still got his Bobby Lane jersey and shit. Um, it's what you're preaching all the time. Culture. That's what culture. I'm preaching. Culture, exactly. But that to, to see that it's in the direction, yeah. right? And and there's not a bunch of jerks. And there's and it's guys not popular that were, too. I mean, all honestly, like in today's football, is you got a lot. Well, of, well let's talk about. The, you got and a lot I was going to ask you there that are like, why? Is give this me your guy take on this, Antonio. You know? Give me a take. What the? Did the is the guy literally? Is it, did we just see a guy's brain just absolutely Crazy. implode and yeah. blow up in front of all of us? I, I've done stupid shit, bro. Yeah, but I've never seen a meltdown like that before. No, I mean, that. this is like, and, and it is like uber disturbing right. as far as, because this is way beyond, trust me, I've, four rehabs, you know, millions of dollars in therapy. Gosh, darn, I, no wonder I can host this thing. I feel like yeah. a Dr. <laughs> Phil almost. But uh, it's like sad. It is. And I thought that it would, it like, it was almost like too good to be true. Yeah. And then seeing him score, and it's like okay, because really, I get why Belichick. Yeah. You know, it's it's like rolling the dice, and then it's like okay, nope, you get that, but like you got one game. Have you guy, seen right? that? Like, is that, that that this is a? You don't see that that much. This is like yeah. not a. This is not a football thing. Well, this is a human being thing, correct? Do you think? So. When you look at the actions, right, yeah, missing right. a practice, missing a walkthrough, right, there's been guys that have done a million times worse than that and still had a job. The thing that shocked me, though, was the mentality of the whole thing. Like, right. why, 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 why are you looking for sympathy after you skipped work for two days and you got punished, right? You think the average American, the blue-collar workers that are paying, you know, up their ass to come watch you play are going to feel sad for you? You know, and that was kind of the mentality. That go was back just, to perspective. It was so weird because it's like, what, what, what are you griping about? Like, who's actually going to defend this guy? Right? How many people can actually go just skip work, just say, no, I'm not going to do this assignment. No, I'm just going to skip it, and, and go unpunished. I mean, it's just and like, go collect the paycheck and still collect the paycheck, but get a little slap in the wrist and get get punished. But the way that he just went about the whole thing with all the, you know. I like the victim. He's the one. Sorry, everybody's, everybody's out for him. The world against you him. It's like, no, you've done everything to yourself, man. Just I've, own up to it, have right? You ever like, seen, what the hell? Have you ever seen, uh, like, uh, I've seen uh, coaching coaches and players scream and yell at each other in yeah. the dressroom, but uh, I've never heard has. a disrespect. You well, know what I mean? One way or the other. Yeah, what he, yeah right. And I'm it's with like, you, and you, I mean. like, you could speak because in an in a NFL locker room, you have more, you know, uh, different races yeah. than you You've would. You've got everything, yeah. But, but, but Mike there's, McCar- still, there's still respect. It's yeah. Like, oh, absolutely, yeah. At the end of the day, listen, like, I used to get into it with a lot of my teammates. I got into it with Aaron Rodgers multiple times, and we wouldn't talk to each other for a day. And then we'd come in the next day, you know, you'd sleep on it, you'd come in, and you'd hash it out like men, right? Yeah. Uh, but it would never be to a level of disrespect, right? You're never going to get into the name-calling. If you have an argument, like Coach McCarthy was one of the best coaches I've been around. He always used to say the one thing he used to say was conflict is good, right? I don't want a bunch of yes-men around here that are walking around just kissing ass and, and doing every, you know, just agreeing with everything. If you've got a problem, bring it up. Bring it up like a man. Let's talk about it. Let's hash it out. Um, the whole Antonio Brown thing, what happened with, well, what, you know, supposedly happened with him and the GM was just, 
mind-boggling. Right, it's right. Like, what, the, and, what, and so it's mind-boggling what? for a hockey player doing a how, podcast, but for a guy fresh out though. of the game, it's just that's it's, mind-boggling too to happen in the dressing room. Like that's yeah. not nor like no, but it's yeah. disturbing because I think the biggest thing is. Um, it just shows the selfishness, right? Like it just shows, it shows your coaches, it shows your teammates that you know. If I like, I, I was talking to some guys. If I had a guy like, if I was an older guy in that locker room and I had a guy like that on the team, I'd pack his locker up and I'd throw shit in the parking lot and say, "Come pick it up, get the hell out of here." Right? Oh, we don't. Well, need you guys this are shit, really man. nice because we fucking headache, man. From, Dude, so. it's, it's a fucking headache. Like we're, we're trying to win games here. We don't got time for this shit. You know what I mean? The season well, goes by. Of, season goes by fast, especially the old guys. If you're a 10-year vet and you're thinking, yeah. shit, I might only have one, two years left to do this thing to try to go win. I don't want to deal with this headache over here, right? Get his ass out of here, man. And everybody kept saying how the Oakland players love him. Well, yeah, no shit they love him. He's their meal ticket, right? Because look, look at him without him. I mean, they're, you know, a bad team. So. Well, you can't deny the talent. Right. You can't deny the talent. And, uh, you know, another thing that one of my coaches always just told me was, listen, like, obviously, we're you know, you know, special players might get special treatment, but when your bullshit gets above your productivity, you're the first one. Oh, out absolutely! The what are you you're done the first for one me out late? the door? Hey. First one out the door, right? If you can product, you know, if you're a productive guy and you got a little bit of this, but you're still busting your ass, and you know what, you're going to have a spot. But as I, soon as that BS gets above that, you know, level of play you're playing at. See you later. We I don't think got time I, for you. I think I walked that line out of for a long time around here. <laughs> I saw a lot of guys get kicked out of the door because it. it, it all, you know, unfortunately, it came to that where guys just started. They couldn't learn. You know, they couldn't learn to keep their mouth shut. They couldn't learn, you know, how to stop pointing fingers. And people just got sick of it, and people kicked them out the door. And it's unfortunate because you might not recognize it now, but you know, Antonio Brown might be a guy five years down the road where I hope eventually it hits him to the opportunity that he pissed away. I mean, you know, he was one of the most explosive, dynamic players in NFL history, and. He basically gave it all up himself. You know, nobody else is to blame. He gave it up himself. Did right? you guys see and that's the latest video footage of him throwing the furniture out on the... Uh, no, I didn't yeah, see that. I mean, people it's... are dodging the furniture that he's throwing out of the room. Like, I don't know if it was on the second or third floor. Furniture yeah. flying all over the place. People are dodging. I, I, no, I don't like people that are it's quick crazy. to say, like, oh, we're seeing CTE. Like, I, I, that's a sensitive subject, and I don't like it seeing thrown around like that. But I, I, the one thing I will say... And I can say this because I've talked to a lot of guys, and I know a lot of guys that played in Pittsburgh, was that it was a very loose organization. And there's been a lot of reports that you can just go fact check online about, yeah, yeah James Harrison, just he, he sleeps during meetings. You know, he didn't want to come to practice today, so he went, you know, and did treatment, whatever. I think it was kind of a loose environment. And I think a lot of those guys, when you see that, and it's the only thing you know, you probably start to believe that it's the norm. When you go to a different team and it's like, no, nah, you can't do that here. You're getting fined. Yeah. It's like, it kind of, it's almost hit you in the face. Like, what the hell? You know, I, I used to be able to do it there. And I think ultimately that's why Pittsburgh got rid of them because they stopped winning. They missed the playoffs for the first time in how many years, right? They, somebody's trying to save their job over there. <laughs> so let's start over. Let's try to rebuild for, this culture, I, and, get them out of here. But here's the thing. This is what's hurting them. It's sort of like what the Red Wings with the last five, six years of that playoff streak staying right. in it's it's the same thing with having only what four coaches or th- their whole history yeah that they, they, they hang on to that a little too much because i think it's and i like mike tomlin yeah but 
again, I do too. I when you have coach, all that, yeah. those veteran guys, you know, you know it too that that there becomes a lot of sort of talk and something's going right. to give or break. So first it's Antonio Brown. Now next it's going to be Ben or so hopefully it's either Ben's out first. Right. And I know. think that was their way of sending a message that this shit's over, you know. And I think Oakland, I applaud Oakland for what they did because you got Gruden and you got Mayock who are trying to build a championship program. You can't send that message to the young guys that this type of behavior is acceptable. You know, uh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> in, a, in any sport, you can't do. Yeah, that. you can't do it. Now, when you're trying to build the the right culture and a you know championship product, you can't. You just can't have it. You know, especially no, as a young coach and young GM. No, you can't. Did you? Can't you do it. Did you sleep good after you won the Super Bowl? Oh, or did uh, you? Did you guys party hard? Yeah, <laughs> I think I might have slept for two hours. So no, I didn't. Sleep so this good. was 2010, right? It was 2000. Uh, it was 2010. Yeah. Well, right. the Super Bowl was. It was 2010 season. The Super Bowl was February February right. of 11. Right. Okay. So you know what? You know what? If it was 2019 or 2018, you know what? I would have got you a my pillow. Have you heard of the My Pillow, uh, Mike have. Lindell from yeah. My? You have one. I actually have one. Yeah, they're amazing. You, you, so, can you speak to me before I redo this read on your experience with your My Pillow? My experience, yeah, is I um, when I had after I put down my Bulldogs, uh, George and Hank, God bless them. I took their two dog beds, and their My Pillow dog beds are phenomenal. It's yeah. like act, you, your alignment. Right, I mean, you're not the size of alignment. You yeah. are alignment. Oh yeah, you got to look into the dog bed. But did do you like it? Swear I love. By it? Yeah, I do. But the one thing I noticed was, you know, obviously I've taken a lot of hits to the head. I've had a pretty well documented concussion history and neck issues and shoulder issues. And I don't remember how it hasn't been that long since I've been using it. But I can't remember the last time I woke up with like a any neck pain or. Any headache, it's just like, it's the one pillow that I actually can sleep on and it kind of molds to my, you know, big ass head and. Did you put it in the dryer first? I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> yes, Mike, but hey, He's that's McCool. That. It's he, working well for me, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mess with it. McCool, well. gets, apparently you have to. <laughs> yeah, so McCool gets his my pillow, right? Thank you, my pillow. Um, and then he comes back and goes, these things suck. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, I put them out and then threw them on the bed. I go, you gotta throw them in the dryer, bro. Oh, okay. That might have helped. But here at Grind Time, if, if anybody that, was listening works. to my guest, TJ Lang or Mike McCool, yes, you too can enjoy the MyPillow. Yes, the same ones that you see, our friend Mike Lindell and MyPillow on board with the uh, with the Grind Time with the Aaron McCarty team. Right now, you can get two MyPillows for the very low price of sixty nine ninety eight, but only if you use the promo code DMAC. And you don't even have to spell it DMAC. You can spell it any which other way. Uh, go to MyPillow.com and pick up a new set of Giza sheets or MyPillow dog bed. My dogs love theirs. I love theirs now even more. Just make sure you use the promo code DMAC when you're checking out. Now, yeah, ex- exactly. So injuries. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, obviously concussions. Uh, do you have, you still, you know, have some issues because of it? Any or? lingering effects? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I think... You know, I've kind of got a bad memory, but it's kind of always been that way. Right. So, but it's, it, you <laughs> it's know, hard to kind it, of pinpoint it. You I know? think it's something that I think you brought up a great point. It's something that, you know, playing in a physical sport is you, you don't know, but it's, you're aware of it. So it's yeah. just something that, you know, you, uh, something that you keep an eye on. Right. But, 
Um, for me, it's always been as long as I can sleep. Yeah. Like you said, as long as I can sleep, then yeah. I can figure it out. That was the hardest thing for me was a long time. For a long time was I went for about a year where uh, I woke up every single morning and it felt like I had the worst hangover of my life, right? Just pounding headaches, nauseous. Just it didn't matter if I slept for three hours or if I slept for 12 hours. I woke up feeling the exact same. And I went and did all the sleep studies, right, because the first thing the doctors were telling me was maybe the sleep apnea, you're a big guy, big neck. I uh, did all the sleep studies. You know, everything came back normal. So uh, I never really got direct confirmation, but I think, obviously, you know, probably the head trauma had something to do with that. Um, that's been gone for probably four or five months, you know, thank God, because that was obvious. That was honestly the worst part of my day. I mean, it would take me almost, you know, two hours most mornings just to kind of get started and feel normal. And it was kind of scary, but at the same time, you came, you know, I became used to it, and I'm just like, well, screw it. I guess I just got to deal with it, you know. But, uh, no, honest, to this day, you know, I, I don't have anything where I feel, uh, you know, aware of any lingering effects when it comes to the concussions you know I, I still have you know back locks up once in a while shoulders get a little beat up but when it comes to the head stuff I, I haven't noticed anything well, my wife will tell you I got a bad memory but <laughs> I don't know if that's due to the head stuff or just due to me no, being, I, hey, <laughs> me being a, <laughs> just a brickhead you know <laughs> kind of always been that way yeah. so yeah <laughs> like you said I mean you're aware of it right I mean there's a lot of people now you see these stories about you know, parents not letting their kids play. You know, yeah. What do you, th- what do you think about it? Because you have um, you have kids. Yeah, I How do. Old are you? you know, my oldest is eight, and he plays hockey, and that's a you know, as you know, obviously a physical sport too. Um, my belief is that equipment has come such a long way from what it, what it used to. Uh, I think the rule changes, although i'm not a huge fan of a lot of them i think the stuff they're trying to do with the head is you know a home run i think it's the right thing to do uh kind of it kind of teaches you at a young age right how to properly tackle how to properly block uh how to do things but you know if my son came to me and said he wanted to play football i would have no problem with it you know i would just make sure to uh, you got to make sure that he's he knows what he's doing because i don't think it's a kid's fault a lot of times i think it's you have a lot of jackass coaches that coach youth sports that are teaching these kids things. Same in hockey, bro. It's and it blows my mind in hockey yeah. that they don't allow them it's to a, hit till ban them because of the age, yeah. size, and and it's a, it's it's a lot the same as in hockey. Um, it's not giving the hit; it's how to take a hit properly. Right. Don't be off the boards. Get against the boards. Yeah. You know, it's the old slingshot effect. So. Yeah. It's education, but you right. know the games have changed. Yeah. It's not the, what we even what you grew up right. playing or around. So yeah, but most of the I will say most of the changes. As much as you hate them, I mean, I can you can at least appreciate them. You know, to, to, at least they're trying. You know, yeah. to make it safer. You no, don't no, have right, to like exactly. it, right? But there was a play in the Philadelphia game last week where you know Jared Davis lit a guy up. You know, jumping high for the ball, and it's like. Was it his fault that the throw was high, right? I mean, if that throw was on his numbers, it would have been a textbook hit, right? But just because the throw was high, he kind of hit the guy a little awkwardly, and it was a penalty. It's like, you you can appreciate the fact that they're, you know, actually trying, but you don't have to – you don't you don't have to like it. No, no, no. There's a player I think you appreciate. I love it how you call it like you see it. Yeah. Um, So – Talk to me a little bit about, so you mentioned that uh, you 
you doing a bunch of stuff sort of with the uh, lines? Like uh, just sort of like just yeah. on once a week being around, just yeah. talking stuff. Well, t- tell me about though. People have checked out uh, talking with TJ. Yeah. Whereas where that's where you interview the, some t- of the guys. Yeah, some of the guys. Yep. You so know? we did that my first oh, the last two years we did that. Um, it was a lot of fun. I, I tried to make it awkward, you know, on purpose, you know, just to try to get a little dry humor in there. And I think no, my, my favorite, I, I love my teammates like doing it. <laughs> well, you get to really see the, the personality, yeah, you right? Get to see Darius Slay was great, yeah. right? I'm not, I'm a humble guy. Yeah. But yeah, I play basketball. Yeah, I'm the best. You're like, I'm the best. You're like, so you just got it like that, bro? Right? I'm just like, because that's what I was thinking. You just got it like that, bro? Well, he's big play slay. Yeah, he's got it like that. (laughs) But I I think the one thing that I got out of doing that was I had so many people coming at me uh, that were talking about the time that I interviewed Stafford that we had fun. Right. And there were so many people that were like, in his 10 years here, we've never ever seen a side of him like that you know just the sense of humor and the fun you guys were having i think it just opens up the fans to a different side of the of the players right keep keep that opens them up right so keep that in mind because i think there's something as as the culture but as because i've talked to matt patricia too but it's it's sort of what i always love is is that everybody like i and i grew up a huge detroit sports fan as you did um it's to connect the cultures, yeah. and 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 maybe we can uh, have, like get people to know a little bit of board because we can get you know like I did it with Ozzy. Yeah. it's uh, being teammates, and because of, I think Perry nailed it, knowing you know our intentions are pure. We don't give a rat's ass other right. than we just you know if if you're a good dude and we want people to know you're a good dude, that's what it, what it is. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. Uh, and that was the same thing. That was kind of my goal. <laughs> with the show was just show the fans because we had a lot of guys that you know we had like a backup linebacker on there one time that was a fan favorite after the show because he was a funny dude like he was just he was just great sense of humor just and and he became like a fan favorite all of a sudden just from that show but that's how that's how the but that's the the locker room right 53 guys the personalities they're all different you get everything man you get you get a little bit of everything you get some guys that are you know I think I asked Zettel a question one time, our old defensive end, what's, uh, you know, 10% of 100? And he had no idea. And I was like. Uh, that's why you're defensive. So we showed good or bad sides of the personality. But uh, the new show we're doing this year is, you know, I go back and the first two episodes were kind of showing what I've been doing in retirement and kind of going, you know, a little stir crazy. And so I'm going to get back into doing something again with the teammates. Uh, you know, having some fun with those guys. And we're even going to try to get, you know, maybe a show with uh, Barry Sanders in there because Ooh. I know that uh, the fans obviously still love him too. Oh, absolutely. He's a quiet guy. You know, he's a quiet, humble guy. Uh, I, I think anytime he comes back to the games, though, you can feel a different sense of energy, you know, yeah, just because the people love him. So he's the guy we definitely want to reach out to see if we get him. Do and, some laundry together? Yeah, do, yeah, do some laundry <laughs> together and you know, fix some helmets. But, yeah, we're doing some things. And, honestly, you know, I, I think – what I would be best at would be coaching, but I don't want to do that because I just like I've been doing this the last fifteen years of my life going back to college. 
And I love my kids, and I love my wife, and you don't want to be gone 18 hours I a day. That, Color, man. I Color commentary. that because that's why I do what I do. People say, well, why don't you call? I, don't, I lived at the rink. Yeah. I, 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 every energy since I was a kid yeah. was to make it, and then whatever. Now I'm out here enjoy it. Yeah. I'd rather do the stuff, because what I found. You can find different ways to In my journey, back, though. Yeah. My, my power is the people. Right. The yeah. people. My power is the people because for all the ones that, you know, with my journey and stuff like that, who have been there for the good, the bad, and different, realize it and to be able to, you know, from the outside. My my mission is is to always, you know, do it for the ones who couldn't. Yeah. You know, cause that, and that's the whole purpose outside of myself of why, you know, I try to, to, to do it. Right. And why I got to keep getting up. Yeah. Why I got to keep fighting. You know, sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's harder. But yeah. the thing is, is just the honesty about it. Yeah, now, I respect that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and that's and that's the only way I know how to do it. Because yeah. I don't know, because you know, and and it's not a learned thing. Because I used to be the biggest people pleaser, but that was until I knew who I wanted to be or who I was, and that took a long, long time. Yeah. So. You know, to to each their own. It's it all starts. I always call it the self awareness look in the mirror, and you know what? I because I got to tell you this. Because not only when you look in the mirror to this one, but if you've ever lost your dream home to bidding war, you know how heartbreaking a fiercely competitive seller's market can be. Whether you're first time home buyer or simply thinking about making a move, give yourself the distinct advantage of this competitive market and put a winning team behind you. Yes, the Jeffrey Group of America Integrity and our friend Rhonda Monet of Gold Star Mortgage join forces to make sure you land your dream home. Now, Rhonda Monet, how about this? Help me, Rhonda, the original Brian Wilson sang to her. Oh. This one, help me, Rhonda, because when she was working as a waitress. Wow. In Maui, I have to tell that story every time. What an accomplishment. I know. Call Jeffrey Cavanaugh at 734-306-9027. Give yourself an edge in the marketplace. Gold Star Mortgage is an equal opportunity lender. NMLS number 3446. Hey, Max. Yes. We Let's move on. Why don't you go ahead and do the, uh, the cattails read, and then we'll recap that, the tournament. Why don't I just recap the tournament? You can do both, either yeah. one, yeah. whatever order you want. Let's recap the first grind time. So last Sunday we had the uh, grind time first annual tournament. Um, thank you to everybody. Please uh, hold on because I am going to thank everybody. So to my volunteers and friends, Dave Rubel, Christina Costa, Erica Coltonell, Ellen Schaefer, Dora Rodriguez, Shannon Adams, and Jennifer Reed. Thank you very much. My celebrities, my fellow grindliner, Joey Kosher, uh, Paul Peewee Weber, uh, J.R. Adams, both a friend of ours, uh, actor, stuntman extraordinaire, Wayne Alvis Presley, Eddie Mio, Norn Noft, um, and Dirty Dirty Newman. Uh, our sponsors, Mark Swiskowski from Legacy Partners Insurance, the Legacy 925, Rhonda Monet from Gold Star Mortgage Financial Group, Dave Berger from the Detroit Red Wings Alumni Memorabilia Director, Cattails Golf Club, Dylan Playfair from Leonard Kenny on Hulu. Do you watch Leonard Kenny at all, TJ? I don't. You I'll gotta check it out. Dude, you watch. gotta get on Leonard Kenny. That'll be Leonard your homework. Kenny. Okay. 
Rich Summers from Lifetime Financial Growth. Philip uh, Montgomery from Miracle Flow. Tommy Gringo, owner of Crazy Gringo Mexican Cantina. Herbal Active, the Vodka Twins from Gypsy Vodka. See, because even though I don't drink anymore, it doesn't mean my peeps can't. To do your thing. Carl's Golf Land, My Pillow, Stalls, Custom Printing. Dora Rodriguez from UAW 3000. Uh, good luck in running for the Trenton Council. Brent Norton from Miles of Golf. Joe Kosher Foundation for Children. And last but certainly not least, Jeffrey Cavan on the Jeffrey Group of America Integrity, who helped guide us through the entire process and helped make it what it was. Thank you, guys. We were able to raise some money for the Joe Kosher Foundation and help them with their efforts of helping children and their families through the toughest of times. Hey, Swiss, are you out there? Come here, please. Before before I sign off here, anyways, Cattails. If you didn't see, if you didn't realize, we were at Cattails Golf Outing, which is in South Lyon. Yes, eighteen holes of wonderful, wonderful golf that has the woodlands on the front, and the and the hardwood on the back. Perry's balls are everywhere. You could be found <laughs> out there. Used to have Perry's oh yeah, balls Perry's balls everywhere the out there, Swiss. I don't uh, even know what to say. Former home, hold on one sec. Former home of the LPGA Futures Tour, Michigan Amateur Qualifier, and more. Two very unique nines, one unique golfing experience. Wetlands featured on the front, hardwoods and native forests on the back. Range of multiple practice areas, a full bar and menu at the clubhouse. Come out to the course that the Grind Time family plays. Now, there's the best part. Check out the Facebook page for an ins- exclusive offer to the Grind Time fans that will get you 18 holes on a cart for $25 during the week. Now, Mark. Swiss, as they call you. Now, tell me, tell uh, our listeners here uh, what we got going on up here in Oxford at this 925 Social Legacy Club. I'll tell you guys what, man. We love having you here. This was one of the most beautiful nights we've ever had. And when I say beautiful, I mean beautiful, right? Right. What do you offer so, here? What do you, what <laughs> we, is offer, I, we offer bowling. Bowling. We offer um, go-karts. Go, wait, go-karts. We also got, offer um, very nice nights um, with very nice uh, bars and fun. Bars and we and have fun. lots of nice fun. And I also have a very nice insurance. All right, he's got great Anybody insurance. Everybody likes insurance. Car- karaoke bars. Because like insurance too? is not fun. No. But I'll tell you what. When you buy insurance from me, you have fun. <laughs> I like it. Then you stand up here at the Legacy 25. But thank, thank you, brother. Thanks for uh, thanks man. for hi- no. We uh, really appreciate and come here because the food is unbelievable. Um, Absolutely, that it's but yeah. it's uh, it's awesome. So, are you going to be down at the game on Sunday? I will be. Yeah. Yep. I got a uh, I got a tailgating show that I do that they show up on the big screen during one of the timeouts. No, so we do a little challenge with some uh, drunk fans that we find and have yeah, them do which, some stupid which, shit for a while. Which I'm just like a little bit <laughs> irritated because you're, uh, I'm doing this hot wing challenge with our buddy J.R. Adams. And, yeah. Right? And you weaseled your freaking way out I of it. I already did one of those you a couple, did it <laughs> a couple <laughs> months ago. Yeah, How bad was, was it? Uh, terrible. Yeah, uh-huh. it was awful. It was, it was honestly like a two-day pain. Really? I'm not trying to scare you, but it was, yeah. It, well, I don't it hurt scare for, easily, bro. It hurt for a couple days. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Hurt coming in and hurt going out. Ooh, so, which, yeah. What did it hurt worse? Going in, yeah. Was, okay, that's uh, all right. I can handle that. You know, I ate like an entire pint of ice cream after that. Not because I liked ice cream, but... You don't like ice cream? It was the only thing I could put on my tongue that would like make the sensation go away. It was awful. 
The wing challenge. They kind of told right? me. They told me before. They're like, it's you know, hey, if it's not that spicy, just kind of build it up. So I'm like, okay, they're fucking with me. Like it's gonna be barbecue. And I took one bite, and I'm like, I'm out. Like can't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't talk. Because when you talk, I you're breathing you were out. Throw up from what I saw, it looked uh, like you were throwing up. It, it wasn't throwing up. I was just like <laughs> Dry putting ice cream on my tongue, and it was, as soon as it would melt, I would spit it out. So, <laughs> good luck with that, though, you man. I'll, I'll, I'll be cheering ice, for you. Uh, that makes me feel good. All right, anybody can I'll check out DarrenMcCarty.com. <laughs> check out all the events page. Anyways, um, I know TJ. They can follow you on Twitter. You, uh, yeah. you, 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 you cover. You do the Lions games. I do. You're commenting. Yeah, I, I try to. Uh, I get a lot of questions during the games about I'm going to jump on you know, the run game and how so and so is playing. So I watch the game and I will try to post some clips about you know showing some uh, some good things they're doing. So, so the, guys, the guys that want to watch the offensive linemen, they can yeah. respond to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, give me all the questions. Yeah, I got I got all the time in the world now. So it's good I have stuff. fun with it. Hey, it's, dude, it's always fun. So you're going to come out. And, so I'm going to get you alumni. You going to come out and play in the alumni? Yeah, with I'll come us? skate with you guys. Oh, yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah, we had fun. Ask Jay. I played a. Played with our buddy Jay a couple games this past spring, and uh, you know, not the most uh, I don't care skillful dude. type of guy. I, I like. <laughs> hey, tell, tell tell me what you told me before. You said you said hey, you messed around on the ice. What yeah, do you tell the guys? You know Listen. what? Because I, I'm not a great skater, and I obviously well, neither know am I. It's okay. When you get in these when you get in these beer leagues, you always get like one asshole every team that's trying to be a dick. Uh, so I used to tell guys before the games, I'm like, if, if you try to punk me on skates, I'm going to punk your ass on, uh, you know, on concrete. So, uh, don't, please don't touch me. <laughs> if See, you hit I me, I will scared, hit you back in the parking lot. There's <laughs> technically a stat in football called pancake blocks by <laughs> offensive linemen. I, I, I got to think on the pavement, that is no bueno. I can get knocked down by like this 120 pound dude on skates. <laughs> I'm that bad. But if you can't, you catch me with a hundred twenty pound dude in the parking lot. I like my chances, so I try to tell him, "Don't, don't do it, buddy." <laughs> Two hundred twenty pounders. The best story about that, just to close, was I, I had a couple of buddies of mine. They asked me to play in the spring league, and I'm like, you know, I'm not a great player, and they're like, "That's fine. We just need a big guy so nobody messes with us." And I'm like, "Okay, just understand, I'm not going to give you much production, right? I'll, I'll play defense. I'll stand in front of the net. I'll clear the crease, whatever." So we get like one period in the game, and one of the guys just starts blowing up on me like you got to do this you got a position here you got a position there i started cussing at him like motherfucker i told you i'm not good like you just told me to stand in front of the crease that's what i'm doing shut the fuck up leave me alone <laughs> and that's what i do that's my role and i, I like it i Dude, appreciate it we got we got <laughs> I, work, I work hard at it <laughs> thomas Hol- holmstrom made a career out of that i thought he was staying in front of our zone George, we need help. In Both. Valley will make the first save. I would make go. a nice goal. Oh, nice. You think? Dude, stick, <laughs> stick on the ice. Shot block and D in the alumni. It, you know, they're, they're the first one ever. Yeah, let me know when. I love No, we got out. it. Yeah. We got I'm you. I'm in. Don't worry. That's I'm it. In. I'm recruiting all you guys. So, um, what are you, any, you driving all weekend, Perry? What do you got going yeah, on? Yeah. Rockstars limousine. Yeah, driving a couple concerts. Uh, Taking people down to Post Malone, Jason Aldean out in DT. Um, nice. Yeah, Post Malone Sunday, and then yeah, a lot. I will be. You're playing in the uh, Kensington Golf Outing Friday on morning. Friday with uh, Friday, Chris Baker be... and Ron Mann. With who? Chris Baker, Ron Mann, oh. and our business manager Nick is in for oh, quite an get, experience. You got Anton. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'll be out there. Look forward to it. Kensington Metro Parks. I'll be on the 12th hole, sniping in six irons. 
Keep those um, balls in one place this time, Perry, will you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he loses oh, the ball. On that, right? He doesn't yeah. know where his ball is. Yeah. Yeah. He got him stepped when he was younger. Just remember, <laughs> I ref the games on the ice, DJ, so yeah. when you come out. <laughs> yeah, which doesn't mean he doesn't even carry a whistle, bro. No. And then um, know, Saturday, and wait, what do you got? So can I finish, please, Perry, before you rudely interrupted me? We have the golf. Uh, look forward to it. Uh, Trevor Thompson from Fox Sports One. Willie Horton's going to be out there. Um, myself be out there for the day. Then I'll be in Dexter for comedy that night, and then I'll be at the casino up in Escanaba Saturday night. The boys and I are rolling up there, so and I'm going to try to get back for the Lions game, but I doubt I will. It's uh, <laughs> a long trip. Um, but other than that, uh, we're at, you know, end of September, guys. Man, it's, yeah, it's cool. fast, you get older, man. it goes quicker. I know. I got to take the boats out of the water soon. It's oh, impressive. you do? Sad. Fishing? No, a pontoon and a wakeboard boat. Nice. Yeah, some toys. Yeah. Did you get a Mostly lot of use out of them this summer? We did. Yeah, I actually I learned how to surf. I wouldn't get them out too early. And, uh, I just heard on the way in, like, October is going to be, like, really warm. Yeah, I'll leave the pontoon in for a while. Okay. You know, I'll take that out once it starts snowing. Good. Just, check, just, just check when we're getting the invite out on that pontoon. Yeah. I, 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 you check your text messages. I will. I do. I do. I answer yours, bro. McCool, any, uh, we got anything else going on? Any, uh, my friend from out of town is here. Hey, Chloe. Hi, Chloe. Where are you from, Chloe? She, she's originally from Detroit. Originally from Detroit. She's, she's from down in Florida. Florida. These are my high school buddies. Oh, Mike right. And Mike. Mike and Mike, there you go. We all know which one's the cooler. <laughs> yeah, see? See, Walters? You it happens, know. man. What are you gonna, she came from the Tiger game and came right here to see you guys. Well, so did I. How about Right, that? well, you know, so did Chloe. We could have carpooled. <laughs> you could drive her home. No, we could have, like, followed. From, yeah. Yeah. That's not a carpool. She no. came to see TJ anyways. <laughs> of course she did. That's commitment. Um, Thanks, Chloe. All right. Um, anybody else with anything coming up? Anything uh, next week? Uh, maybe drapes. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, let's do drapes. That'd be good. Yeah, no, he's he was all right, he was all willing. I bumped. Hey, I, hey I'm playing it. It's so. <laughs> which is great, too, because I got great video of drapes getting. Um, Treated like we're a gonna terrorist. Show it. Just, yeah, we're going to show it. We're going to show it. So he says to me, because he, he was going to come on last week, but I had Ozzy, right? And, and or he was going to come on, but then he had to go to Chicago. So he says to me on Monday, he goes, yeah, I can come in Wednesday. I go, no, dude, I got TJ. <laughs> oh, like, no. ah, so you bumped <laughs> nice. I said, maybe next week. I'll get my people with your people. But yeah. <laughs> no, it'll be good. Uh, a lot of good stuff going on. Thank you, my man. Yeah, I look TJ, forward. We got a lot of stuff. In, yeah, absolutely. A lot really of stuff going on. Thanks, I think guys. I think that that's the whole thing, and I look forward to is is, is yeah, guys like us. You know, we've been there. There's yeah. there's a little bit of we see the game a little differently because, and if you allow us to to do what we do from a distance, yeah, man, that's where we're all good. Right. Yeah. So I look forward to yeah, it, bro. Um, thank you again. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, thank you to everybody here. Yes. Yeah. Thank, you. thank you guys for showing up. This is awesome. Thank you. Nine two five. Thank you, uh, Swiss. Thank you to all the sponsors. Trav, thanks. Travis. Perry McCool. And everybody else, we'll see you along the way. But remember, every time that you fall down, no matter what, you have to, you must get your ass back up. That's grind time on remote. And we're gone.
Thanks. Thanks. And then uh, it's great.